Cool. Let's do it. Y'all well, ready? Hey, everybody. Well, hey, everybody. It's an episode of, uh, yeah. of, of Slaver Game, of, of Game about Faith and Nerdy Things. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Nathan. Go ahead. Look, that's great. We should keep that intro. Uh, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Save Your Game, a podcast about faith and nerdy things. My name is Nathan Story. With me, as always, is my good friend, Zeke Leonard. Howdy ho! Howdy ho! And a very special guest. I don't know guest. why I say that because I don't know why I say that because I've never actually even seen that episode of whatever that comes from. Hey, go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> even know it, was, it came from anything. Uh, joining us, a very special guest, uh, Mr. Steve Jaworski. Hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. I feel like I've been here before. Uh, <laughs> but a big fan of the show. So happy to be here and contribute to to what's already awesome without me. Hey, well, we're uh, hey. really happy that you're here, that you're doing this. I feel like we should just rip the curtain back, Zeke, and just let people know this is our second attempt at recording this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere floating, if, if you're a skilled uh, IT person, you can maybe try to hack Zeke's internet, I don't know, and find <laughs> the audio uh, from oh, Steve man. and Zeke, and this is a sore subject, so I'm sorry I'm bringing it up, Zeke, but we just... I was we just... in such a good mood up until now. I know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we lost it. We lost it. We did this episode uh, already, but we're trying it again, and it's going to be bigger We've, and better. We finished it, and right. uh, I went to hit save and hit delete, and... <laughs> Yeah. Now we have one half of it. We have Nathan's voice, and that's it. Yeah. So if you want to listen to Nathan's single-sided phone call one time, we'll hey, make that a special episode. It's going to be this week where where you know we've we've hit our prime, and uh, you know everyone loved us, and you know ten years down the road, when our thousandth episode, everyone just decides to stop listening because we're terrible. Uh, I'm just going to be like, you know what? Forget you guys. Here's me talking to myself for an hour and a half. <laughs> And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna splice it with a, a laugh track after every single time you talk, <laughs> and then just auto tune it. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. That would be incredible. So it's just the weirdest thing. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. I agree with you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Zeke? I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, th- speaking of great, this episode is incredible so far. Just really, yes. really good. Um, oh, I feel it's it. Wonderful. It's good stuff. <laughs> Well, if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is a podcast about faith and nerdy things, how those two passionate subjects go together, how they don't. We get together and discuss them and uh, have a good old time doing it. Uh, so for the first time, you're, you're here with us, Steve, and we like to have uh, new folks that are on the podcast kind of give what we like to call our NOS, uh, the nerd <laughs> origin story. So Steve, would you like to share with us how you got into nerdy things? Who are you? Where did you come from? Very well. <laughs> Where should I begin? <laughs> My father was a relentless boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. You're, you're uh, channeling uh, Dr. Evil a little bit there, yeah, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, quoting him word for word, exactly. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I don't remember that quote. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. My uh, fandom of yeah, Mike Myers like, is, is waning, I guess. Uh, it's been a long time. long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great. Well, you know what? I feel like I've dabbled in just about every area of nerdy things okay. that you can imagine. Even a little bit of My Little Pony, so uh, I've got a, a small part of me is a brony on the inside. Are you? We'll You're a brony. <laughs> I guess. I, I, I sort of thought it meant a little more than just a male fan of the show, but I guess that's what it boils down to. And uh, it's, it's, uh... <laughs> uh <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a brony, because okay. no. bronies... 
well, that's creepy. I'll just say this. I'll just say <laughs> Not this. Not to be judgmental, but that's freaking creepy. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this. There is a documentary on Netflix about bronies, and I turned it off because I got uncomfortable. Oof. Okay. Maybe I should... Maybe we should watch that documentary. Before no. you use the word. It's, it's not. It was just a little odd. It's not. There wasn't anything, like, terrible on it. But it's just, just a weird. little odd. So um, is there any any chance that when I get into this origin story, you guys can play some really epic music in the background? Can you oh. edit that in later? I'll do it. I'll do it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Lord, like the Lord of the Rings. from The Matrix when Ooh. they're, like, they're, they're raiding the building with the guns. That music. <laughs> that'd be really great. Either that or, like, um, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. And it's like, that too, something or like that. Skyrim, uh, yes. Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I'm not picky, just something epic. Dovahkiin. Oh, actually, like, the, like, uh, I'm hearing it right now. Oh, like the, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. I think that's. Is that it? Is that it? I yeah, think yeah. That's it. That would be great. That you know what? See, I'm hoping when people are listening to this, that's the music that's playing in the background at this moment. <laughs> well, we can only play it for ten seconds though, because of copyright reasons. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> the clash of bones. <laughs> so, um, as far as is uh, gaming, which is probably the nerdiest thing I got into originally, you know, everyone likes cartoons and Ninja Turtles when, when they're alive and they're on TV and they're a kid. I hope you think. But um, with games, it started with the Nintendo, and I remember the the first games we had were Mario and Duck Hunt, and and the first purchased game outside of that was Bayou Billy. And uh, okay. the cool thing about Bayou Billy, if you've never played it, is it was like three games in one. There's a racing game in there, there's a shooting game in there, and there's a side-scroller with alligators. Um, super difficult. Never beat it till I was an adult, man. You beat it, though. I, as an adult, I went back and, wow. and I beat it. That's I mean, impressive. I used a, I used a Game Shark or a Game Genie or oh, something. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> which, which I rented. I never even owned it. I had to rent it. And, uh, you know, I played games back in the day where if you needed a code, you couldn't go online. You had to call a guy who had a book with all the answers in it <laughs> and pay him, like, $3 an hour yeah. uh, or $3 a minute, you know, to tell you these codes. Goodness gracious. Which I had used a couple times. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, um, got into that, you know, got an SNES, and um, I guess I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. My first game I really loved for the Nintendo was Final Fantasy One. Okay. Um, Super proud of myself when I beat that. I was in like the third grade. Um, I did it all with the help of a strategy guide. Nintendo would put out this really great, like quarterly, they'd come out with an issue that was entirely devoted to one game, a strategy guide, and, and I had the one for Final Fantasy. It gave me the keys to the kingdom to beat this game. Uh, and I was so proud that when I finished beating the boss, I took out my little neon green um, camera with its you know loadable film, and I snapped like five pictures of the boss dying in the end credits, <laughs> uh, which are really underwhelming. It's, it's like one picture of, of the heroes looking out over a, an ocean yeah. and then word scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. But as a kid, the, the pride that swells up in your chest is uh, indescribable. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like when you beat uh, Contra without the code or whatever, without the Contra code, and you beat it and you're just like, so like awesome. It's like that awesome explosion sound in the game. And like, and then all it is is like this island's like collapsing on itself and this helicopter flies off and it says, congratulations, consider yourself a hero. And that's like the end of the game. You're just like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't take much as a kid. Like that was kind of enough. Like, sweet, I'm going to play again. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll start we, over. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a hundred bucks to buy another game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This game cost me like 10 months worth of allowance. Yeah. i got to make this last. Um, but so when I got the Super Nintendo, um, Final Fantasy II, that was the game that, that really 
uh, I think, stole my heart when it came to games. Um, and specifically, the, the most memorable thing is there's this, this point in the game um, that really got me. You, you get separated from your party, and you go to this different land, and um, the land of Mysidia where all the mages are. And for the whole game, you thought that they were bad, and you're the good guy, but it turns out you're the bad guy, and they're the good guys. And so you're on this journey up this Mount Ordeals to become um, a paladin instead of a dark knight. Which, by the way, when I was a kid, I thought it was paladin. Um, <laughs> to which I think it's, it's okay to say it either way. I'm, yeah, sure. I'm, yeah, you know, whatever floats your boat. Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guilty as charged. But, um, you know, you meet these two mages, a white and black mage, um, and named Palin Horum, and they're great. They're like the best characters you've had so far. They have this twin ability where they cast super powerful spells. Uh, you really just fall in love with them. And then later on in the game, you're going back to your, you know, starting town where you're attacking the king of, of Baron, the empire that, that you're, uh, start out working Spoilers. for. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's been like 25 years. Yeah. If you haven't gotten there, you're good. not I think going we're good. good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but seriously, I'm sorry if I spoke. <laughs> There's like one person that's like, dang it! I'll never listen to this podcast again. <laughs> They'll be back. They'll be back. But, they just um, like slam their hand down on the ground. It resets their Super Nintendo, and they're like, "Ah!" <laughs> right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> so after you beat this this King of Baron, who is you know this this elemental fiend, you're leaving. You think everything's cool, and as his final act of revenge, he's gonna crush your whole party with these two walls that are coming in on each other, and you're like, what are we going to do? And Palm and Porum, uh, they, they decide to, like, brace themselves against the outer walls in all their 16-bit glory, and they petrify themselves at the same time mm. and stop the walls from crushing you. And I, I remember this very vividly because my sister and I were playing it together. You know, I was playing, and she was the vicarious gamer. And we were so heartbroken. We were crying. We were holding each other and <laughs> hugging each other. And... And the, the happy end of the story is, at the end, they come back as NPCs, and they're alive, and you can, like, talk to them, and they've got, like, one line that they can repeat over and over and over again. And you're just like, say something else. Say something else. I was so... I love you so much. <laughs> just join my party again. I'll accept you, even though you're underleveled. It's okay. Yeah. You just click on them, like, a hundred times, hoping they'll just say one other thing. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, I was a really bad kid. I remember I lied to my sister and told her that there was a special... Um, code you could do in one of these cities where you like had to walk around in a circle a bunch of times and then it lets you go out into the forest and fight the imp king and if you fought him you could like and you beat him you would get a special summon spell or something like that and my sister's like show me i'm like okay i'll do it and i'm like doing this fake lie and i'm like oh i can't do it anymore i don't know what happened (laughs) she literally believed me up until the internet came out she she called me out on it later she's like steve there is no imp king is there because i looked that up that's pretty elaborate that is that's pretty elaborate (laughs) i was a terrible kid um i lied literally up until i was about 17 when i became a born-again christian Uh, let's be clear i've lied since then but I lied really pathologically no, um, up until that point. Like, I'd lie about, like, oh, man, I, you had a dream? Well, here's my dream. And I didn't do it just to top people. I think I just did it for the attention. Um, but once I, I kind of realized I am who I am, like, even if it's a bad thing uh, or something I'm struggling with, I was okay at that point to even be honest with my parents about what I was going through and things like that. Um, and, and it took a lot, but but really, yeah. Anyways, I digress. So um, I, I had that problem too when I was a kid. Um, 
I hate to say it, but like, it's almost like a, a, po- <laughs> I, it's like it would be a positive trait because I'm really good at lying. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it's almost like something you shouldn't, you're like, I'm good at doing this terribly horrible thing, you know, <laughs> but, uh, it's, that was something that I always, because I was good at it, I could do it so easy, you know, I just, and, and it's so easy to fall into that trap of like, when you're, when you just, it just becomes like second nature, you know, like my mom would be like, did you read your Bible today? And be like, yeah, sure did. Romans chapter five was awesome. You know, <laughs> you got it. no problem. Like, and, and I remember being a kid and being like, I am out of control with these lies. I just got to mm. stop because like, I didn't like, like I would just lie about the stupidest stuff and like. I was like, I can't, I got to stop this. So I remember specifically praying to God and saying, God, I don't know how to stop lying. You're just going to have to help me. Wow. And he's, he, he's done that for me twice in my life because I've because I did it actually twice. Like I fell back into that whole loop again. And I remember there was a, uh, the last time I made up my mind that I want to be honest all the time, almost to a fault, because I want to be a person who's known for their honesty rather than, you know, I, I, I find value in th- thinking that people n- know that if they ask me something, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I can trust what he says because he doesn't lie. And I don't lie. And that's know? one of the things I really like about you, quite mm. honestly. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. So, who knows, I guess. Um, which is great. But, but yeah, as far as is that, um, Final Fantasy II certainly stole my heart. But I love all kinds of games. Uh, fighting games are the best. Street Fighter II. Oh, yeah. Uh, I still remember oh, the first time I saw it in an arcade game. Picked Blanca, or Blanca, which is what I call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what sold me was not the electricity, but it was when he would mount the other opponent and bite them. Yeah, bite their I head. remember that move. And, and, and I didn't know how to do it, but I kept doing it on, on uh, you know, the arcade. And I beat my, the first person. I'm like, this is awesome. No one can beat me at this game, and I'm talking about versus the computer. And then the second opponent was Chun-Li. Couldn't beat her. No. Stupid upside-down <laughs> no kicks. Never ever. I, I spent at least three dollars, which was a lot back in nineteen ninety two or ninety one. Oh, yeah. I remember when that game came out, and I thought that that move was like the most gory thing in the game, aside from the screen, wherever like they get defeated and they're like all like bloody and be like, "Ah, you beat me," you know. <laughs> which, but, like, yeah. <laughs> but I remember thinking whenever he would bite people, and I was like, "That's so gruesome." As yeah. a kid, because he'd bite them, and there would actually be blood squirting off the top of their head, and that blood. was like the only thing that blood where blood. Actually came out in that game, as far as I recall. Yeah. Um, and I, every kid wonders, like, Street Fighter Two is so awesome. Where's Street Fighter One? <laughs> um, and I never found it until I was in college. We downloaded a Mame, which is like an arcade game emulator. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy and I downloaded all our favorites: Rostan the Barbarian. Yeah. Uh, which is a great one that was from the a skating rink when I was a kid. Um, the Barbarian that just did the shout of the gods, where he would put his sword up in the air, and so great. But we downloaded Street Fighter One. Definitely, you're not missing out on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, two. Uh, they should have just done it over, like Final Fantasy. You know, calling four or two, you know, four two. Yeah, let's go, just call Street Fighter two, Street Fighter one for the Americans. Yeah, um, that Mortal Kombat. Who remembers the first time they saw that? Real people, and they talk. You yeah, hear, yeah. Get over here. Yeah, like, yeah. Man, so amazing. This fatality. MK two is. And oh, you, yeah. pu- you punch them in the face, and like three gallons of blood would come <laughs> off, and, after, and you, only, you only took off like a. Uh, uh, one third, sixty fourth of, of their health. life, and you like punch them in the face fifty times, and you're like, "How do they still have blood left in their body?" But better yet, you like you crouch down, and you just hit like high kick, and you do a little inch kick, and like yeah. blood shoots out of them. You're like, "Whoa, <laughs> it's amazing!" Uh, you know, and I got another stuff too. Um, I certainly, I've always had a passion for gaming, <laughs> but getting into games like RPGs, like Final Fantasy and and um, 
Final Fantasy II opened the door for Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. Um, I actually got the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons second edition player's handbook. Mm-hmm. My sister got the sister got the Dungeon Master's Guide and I must have been about 10 years old cuz I remember the book said like for 12 and up. Uh but I read it and and I grasped most of it. And I remember the first time I actually was gaming, it was with my cousin Justin. And there's there's two types of of DMs or dungeon masters. There's the ones that that want you to succeed because everyone enjoys you know, getting loot and winning, and there's the one to just want to kill you. <laughs> he was that tight because I remember, you know, I had my character. And he's like, so there's a there's a pit in front of you, and blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, I jump into the pit, rolls a die. You broke your leg. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and there's an ogre down there. So I'm like a ranger have to fight this ogre with a broken leg. My sister's there, and she was like a cleric. It was, it was painful, but the, the joy and the you know out of winning and something like that. Um. Really awesome, and, and I did that on and off, and uh, as well, I, I got into some of those books. I don't know if you guys have re- ever read any of the Forgotten Realms or or whatnot books, but um, I got into the Dragonlance series, which were pretty cool. I remember my first book I read was The Legend of Huma, um, and it was my sister's copy that she had bought from the bookstore, and she wanted me to take such good care of it that you know I was in fourth grade at this time. And she made me put the book inside of this cloth tube top inside of a Ziploc bag when I took it to school. <laughs> because, I mean, I was a kid. You, I was that kid that, like, I'd open my desk and shove all the papers in there and yeah. cram everything in it. Um, you know, break the springs because I have to, you know, push down on it to close it. I was so opposite of that. Nathan, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you were, too. We were very, both very, like... This paper goes here and lays nicely on top of this one. And yeah, I was I was about to ask you guys. That's a that's a good little segue. Like, how how nerdy are you about protecting your nerdy things? And and I I think people get really really into this. And and I'm not sure if it's a good thing or not. You know, I've always taken really good care of of discs and stuff. But uh, being into board games as well, there's this trend now, and I'm not sure how long it's been around, but. If you go on any kind of board game website or any kind of forum that has anything to say about board games, people make like custom inserts to protect their pieces better. Have yeah. you guys seen this? I have. So, so, and it's like a thing. It's like, oh, check out this custom insert I made for, you know, Betrayal at the House in the Hill. And they'll basically take a piece of foam and box cutter and like cut out specific little, you know, nooks and crannies for everything just to protect it. It's, it's crazy. That's another thing that nerds get way nerdy about <laughs> I think, ain't no one got time for that yeah, yeah. I think i've always i've always i've always been like that though you know i've always been very peculiar about it's got to go back in the box the exact same way it came out yeah like, <laughs> which I, I i don't know i mean now that i've gotten older i just i'm more about the joy and like you know you can go overboard with stuff like that and yeah i'm more about the joy of I'm not going to, like, fuss at somebody for not putting something back the right way if we're having a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Even yeah. though I am kind of still particular about it. <laughs> I've done this thing where it's every not time... Good. Good. Go I would say it's not something you could just turn off. I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've done this really weird thing now where every time I buy a new board game, you know, most of them have smaller pieces on little cardboard cutouts, and you punch stuff out. And uh, I've just started keeping the stuff the punch sheet and just keeping it underneath the box. I don't know uh, why. I just wow. don't want to throw it away. Uh, uh, well, take it one step forward. Don't even punch them out. Just make proxies. Yeah. Characters and just use those instead. It's hey, like, I need to keep this mint, okay? That's like, that's like getting one step closer to like being a hoarder, though. I know. That's... It's scary. It's weird. <laughs> uh, our good friend our good friend Judd uh, used to do this thing where he would 
buy a CD and then immediately burn it and take that copy with him wherever he went. Yeah. And so he would just keep the CD, you know, not not in the case, but or in the plastic wrap, but in the case in his room, and he would just take the burn copy out, which was kind of smart if you wanted to protect your CDs, but. He still does that actually. Does he? he? He he'll buy a copy of a CD off of like iTunes or something like that, and immediately burn a copy of it so that he can listen to it in his truck or take it with him somewhere. Yeah. Um, which is I don't know, kind of weird in this digital age, but I yeah. think it's cool. Yeah. I kind of like that actually. I I went on a trip recently. Um, maybe it wasn't recently. It was a while ago. But I needed a CD for the ride, and I bought the uh, Flyleaf. Um. I think it's just called Flyleaf. Flyleaf is like their third album. Okay. I think it's the album that came out. New, oh, no, it was New Horizons. I'm sorry. It's the album that came out before they split up and, and got a new uh, lead singer. Yeah. And um, and I put that CD in my car because I don't have, like, I can't really hook anything up to my car unless I have the right cables, which I don't right now. And I listened to that CD ad nauseum, um, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and, and that's kind of the a beauty of CDs. You kind of, back in the day, were forced to listen to the same CD over and over yeah. until you fell in love with it. And uh, so I, I appreciate that from time to time. It was crazy. That's that's actually happened to me um, with what I've been listening to lately. It's uh, uh, I've gotten back into uh, becoming the archetype. Uh, yeah. They, they're becoming the archetype was interesting. Their their first album was awesome, just amazing first album, uh, and it had a very specific like uh, sound to it. And their second album was like just a crazy big departure from that. Yeah. The they had completely different right songwriting uh, sound to them. The the tariffs, everything sounded completely different. It's kind of less it's gothic, almost, wasn't it? A little less gothic, yeah. yeah. It was a little more like power metal-y. Yeah. Uh, but then it's like almost like their fans complained about it because the third album was an album called Dichotomy. And it's song for song, it is a mirror of the first album. But in my opinion, it's a lot better. Huh. And it's just... I cannot get over. That's one of my my top albums of all time. It's just outstanding. And after that, they came out with another album called uh, Celestial Completion, and uh, it's their fourth album. And when it came out, I it's very different, and I didn't like it at all. And uh, I put it back in recently and started listening to it. And I think that you know, because the the one that came before it was such a highlight for me, and because it was like, different, like, you know, I just didn't really give it a chance, I don't think, and so I started listening to it again, and it's an outstanding album. Nice. Outstanding. But that's the whole thing is, you know, when I, a lot of times I'll go back to CDs that I've bought and that haven't gotten a lot of love and put them in and listen to them and do like you say, I'll listen to them, and then I'll just let it repeat itself over. Yeah. And what I've, and that's kind of what happened with this one, and, have, and I've fallen in love with it, uh, you know, because of that process. Cool. Well, Steve, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing a little bit about yourself and letting us know who you are. Um, Thank you. Did, did you have any, did you have anything else? Yeah. What else uh, well, we... you know what? Let me just pour the rest of this out real quick. Do it. Do it. Do um, it. <laughs> no hurry. No hurry. I want you all to know the full scope of the nerdiness. So Absolutely. We can get this out of the way, and then no questions after this about okay. it. Um, <laughs> uh, anime. My my cousin Justin, the the hateful DM, introduced me to Ranma One Half at a young age, uh, which for you, those of you that don't know. Uh, it's an Akira Toriyama, or excuse me, um, no, I don't know who created it, I'm sorry, I can't even quote that, but the idea is there's this boy and his dad who are training in China at this Accursed Springs, yeah. and if you fall into the Accursed Spring and die, you, you really come back to life, um, but as the animal or whatever died in there last. And so his dad falls into this Accursed Spring of the dead panda, 
and he comes out as this giant panda. And then Ranma, his son, falls into this accursed springs of a dead girl, and he comes out as a girl. Yeah. And if they get uh, cold water poured on them, um, then they turn into one or the other. Cold water turns them into their self, and warm water turns them into, you know, the the other, you know, whatever. No, warm water turns them into themselves, and cold water turns them into... That is so weird. I've never heard of this anime until last night. I was hanging out with my friend Jen, and she introduced me to her new boyfriend, and he was is really into anime, and she was saying, when she was in college, my roommate was really into this anime. It's the only one I've really ever watched. It was called, and she couldn't remember. She was like, it had something to do with this guy turning into a panda bear, and like she looked it up and said, it's, a, it's called Ranma, and she was like, it's about this boy who can turn into a girl when water gets dumped on him, and... That is so crazy. That is wow. strange. <laughs> what? Whoa. I've never mind. heard of it. And this, this anime is from what, like 92? It's from forever ago. I think it, uh, I think it was the Holy Spirit that uh, knew we were going to talk about <laughs> <laughs> the same <laughs> anime today. Yesterday. It was definitely the Divine Holy appointment. Spirit. Divine appointment. <laughs> but, you know, so why Ross, yeah. imagine with that dynamic wackiness ensues, and they meet all kinds of other characters that change into, yeah. you know, different animals and stuff like that. But that got me into anime. Um, and, you know, once I en- really enjoyed those, you know, I was hooked. I was going up to Blockbuster and renting whatever they had. Yeah. Which back in the day was like one bottom shelf of like four movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I got into Dragon Ball way later on, but I, I consider myself a huge Dragon Ball fan. Okay. Um, I can talk a whole episode about power levels, so don't get me started. <laughs> um, and, and so that's big. And also comics. I was huge into comics as a kid, X-Men all the way. Which, by the way, um, quick segue, one thing I am upset with about the Fox's version of the X-Men movies is that never have they introduced Asteroid M for Magneto. Like, what the heck? That was like the best supervillain base ever. It's yeah. an asteroid yeah. in space. Yeah. So, please, uh, Fox, if you're listening, <laughs> give Asteroid M some I'm sure love. they listen. Sure. I'm sure they're listening in. I'm being hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's a, there's a Christian radio station from around town here. Uh, that their motto is God listens, <laughs> which cracks me up because it's kind of a pun of sorts, but this made me think of that. Yeah. Fox listens. Yeah. I hope so. Please, Fox, <laughs> listen. Um, so that's a comic's huge. I mean, I'm not really into them now, um, but they're definitely part of my foundation. I got into it right when, you know, Magneto was dead and then he was alive and he pulled all the adamantium out of Wolverine's oh, um, yeah. skeleton. So really, I think a great time for comics. Yeah. You know, before the whole, um, what was it, Onslaught, where it was like Magneto and Professor X's consciousness came together as a super ultimate being, and then all the non-mutant characters had to, like, go inside of it and die and be rebranded in new comics. Like, yeah. I kind of pieced out at that. I was about like, to say, that sounds like too much. Yeah, I'm like, it was basically right. them like, hey, we kind of want to reboot the whole universe, so let's kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, see you later. I'm going to check out what Image is doing and read some Wildcats and some Spawn or nice. something. Which ap- apparently DC has done that twice in like two years. They did the New 52 last year or two years ago, and now yeah, they're doing they're it again. Yeah, they're ending that, aren't they? Yeah. They're aren't doing... they ending the New 52? Yeah, and they're starting over again. Crazy. <laughs> That's right. They're like, Superman isn't OP enough. We need to redo him. <laughs> Which, by the way, I read The Death of Superman, and that's the Superman of my mind, is the one that got pwned by Doomsday. Yeah. And 
Goku could beat Superman any day of the week. Krillin could beat Superman. Let's be clear about this. That's okay. my position. I don't care how many YouTube videos explain <laughs> that Superman is super powerful. You know, I'm talking about the Superman before they rewrote, and they're like, wow. They, they must have watched Dragon Ball and said, we weren't dreaming big enough. Let's <laughs> give Superman the power to move the Earth if he straps a harness onto his back that's connected to the core of the Earth. Um, that's my end rant for Superman, but okay. But that that's it, guys. I mean, really, that that's me in a nutshell. I'm sure there's stuff I forgot, but uh, you know, take me as I am. What have you been? Uh, what, what have you been, been gaming lately? Yeah. Oh man, as far as games, um, well, I, I I have a lot of time to play mobile games. Yeah. So right now I'm playing Clash of Clans uh, occasionally because I play it with my wife, my mother-in-law, um, and my brother-in-laws. Cool. And I play this cute little game called Crusader's Quest. It's like a 16-bit game. Um, it's fun. It's kind of disposable. You can play it once a day or, or every few days if you'd like. Uh, it's got in-app purchases, but the game is not developed around, you know, we're going to get you hooked on buying these and, right. and just suck all the money out of you. The so I, I respect them. Exactly. So definitely not a pay-to-win game. Um, that's it. I mean, I really haven't picked up the PS3 for a while, but last time I played it was Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy, yeah. Cool. Definitely, uh, that's a fun game. I, I could watch someone play that game. I enjoy yeah. it so much. Yeah. You've been yeah. playing that a lot too, right? Like Rogue Legacy? I have been, yeah. I've been playing it a lot. It's a great game. I um, I just I got to the third boss. Uh, oh, cool. I haven't, be- I haven't beaten him yet. But... Is that the slime? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And uh, and it's, it's, get, it's getting tough, but, you know, yeah. it's it's one of those games where... You know, you get better at it, and you get better at it, and what, because you get better at it, it helps you better your character. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a good game. Should we explain it for people who haven't played it? Sure. I I was just say it's 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 this game. It's kind of like a side scroller game. I'm trying to compare it to like an old school game people could recognize, and I think Ghosts and Ghosts. You think Ghouls and Ghosts? I think Ghouls and Ghosts, or uh, I was going to say Castlevania. Oh yeah, like Symphony of the Night. It's, it's. I would say it's closer to Symphony of the Night. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a like a side-scrolling Castlevania type game where it's a role-playing game, but the game consists around you get one life, and yep. when your character dies, he's dead, and it kicks you back to the main screen. You get game over, which is like but a, a can... roguelike, which is what they call yeah. a roguelike. Yeah. Uh, because like rogues were just basically games where it's just. You get one life and you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember hearing about the original rogue game, like, or rogue, not rogue-like games, but rogue games on, you know, from, which sounds like I'm saying rogue game. Weird. <laughs> they help you make hair grow. This is, that <laughs> would be the worst game ever made. <laughs> That'd be like what Desert you... Bus. Have you guys heard about Desert Bus? I have, I have. <laughs> Please enlighten me. I've never. Desert never bus is this bus. game where you, and it's, you drive a bus across the desert from, it's like real time, right, Zeke? From. Yeah, it's from, it's from, uh, Phoenix to Las Vegas. Yep. Which I've heard in real life that is a almost perfectly straight highway. So. All the way there. It's, it's eight hours of straight, you know, digital highway where your bus, I think it pulls to the left ever so slightly. And so you have to kind of just drive straight and correct the course for eight hours. Have you heard the origin story behind that? It's is it the Penn and Teller game? Penn and Teller. Yeah. Penn and Teller were gonna make a, a game, and they said they said or um, I think I'm trying to remember the story, but something had to do with um, uh, Janet Reno or somebody like that. Said, yeah. 
you know, video games have no value. They don't teach people. <laughs> they don't teach people real world skills. Right. And Penn and right. Penn and or I think it was Penn said, uh, you know, well then why don't you just make a game about a tour bus driver who drives between Las Vegas and Phoenix because that's a real life job <laughs> and someone and someone made that game. Yeah. Where wow. Said, yep. I they forgot said there about are that. High, there are highlights to the game where, you know, at five hours and 47 minutes in, a bug will hit the windshield or something like that. <laughs> wow. Well, and then every now and then you pass a cactus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it was like a Sega CD game or something like that, so it's really no old way. graphics. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you just drive for 55 miles an hour for eight hours straight in a straight line. Yep. Wow. <laughs> but it's teaching you a real-life world skill. Yeah. Real-world skill. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and I actually have a Sega CD emulator on my phone, so I am going to have to look You should look it that. up. Nice. Um, not, not suggesting anyone should illegally download a ROM for a game that is no longer in production. Um, maybe I'll... I'll try and buy one on eBay and then yeah. download the emulated ROM. But I was going to say about the original Rogue games is oh, yeah. you, they would actually have you copy the discs, uh, almost like our friend Judd. They would copy the discs and you'd make your own copy because when you saved the game, it actually rewrote the disc oh, yeah. so that you could not go back and change your decisions. Oh, and so okay. the game actually rewrote the code whenever you saved it to reflect the choices that you'd made. And so... There was no like reverting saves back because you had already changed the the code on the disc. Right. From, I don't know if I'm saying it, like, that right. Format the original copy, and then your copy was the only copy. You can't. Ex- well, you could, you could, over. you could make new copies of the original disc yeah. and start over, but you'd have to start from scratch. There was no like going oh, back you, to you. like save files yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I messed that part up. Well, you have to live with your choice. Yeah. Oh, I just died. Well, you're dead. You know. Yeah. But this game is like that, and when it kicks you back to the main menu. You uh, choose a new character, but the new character is one of your descendants, um, and your descendants will pick up uh, genetic traits from from you. So, and the, and the genetic traits can be hilarious. You know, like you can have uh, uh, dementia where you're crazy, and you you'll see like enemies that aren't actually there. You go to attack like them, and it sort of goes right through them. <laughs> and I didn't know that one. That's crazy. I didn't realize yeah, that was one. The first time it happened to me, I I didn't realize that was a trait I had picked. And I thought I was going crazy, so I'm like, uh, "There you go. They, they make, you they got gotcha. you. You could be uh, <laughs> way to go, seller uh, door games. You could, you could be nearsighted, uh, where just you know around you is clear, but the edges of the screen are fuzzy. You could be farsighted, where around you is fuzzy, but the edges. It's just really cool. And so the way that the game goes is you uh, collect coins and things like that through throughout your life in the game, and then when you die, you pass it on to your next generation, yeah. and they, you know, but and then. It's kind of like your the the wealth and knowledge and things that they've gained passes on to the next generation. So that's Rogue Legacy. It took us a long time to get there, but that's okay. Cool, and but uh, yeah, we've been playing the heck out of that game. Cool, and and shout out to to Cellar Door Games because uh, Zeke, you actually contacted them, and they messaged you back, right? I did, I did, and you know, um, I, I'm trying to start a a YouTube channel with another buddy of mine. Uh, and we're going to stream games, and I'm not really sure about the legality of streaming games. I know that you know some people have had issues with videos being pulled down, channels being cl- uh, you know uh, closed or whatever. Yeah. And so I, I want I one of the games we played, we actually made a video of it already, which I guess it's kind of we were like, well, it's better to ask for permission than uh, or forgiveness than permission. So. <laughs> which is <laughs> what Jesus said. Jesus said that. <laughs> <laughs> But I wrote the the Cellar Door Games and, and said, hey, so we're thinking about streaming your... We actually already made a video of your game. Here's where you can find it. Gave them every bit of information. 
And uh, the guy got back to me within, I think, like 45 minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, And wrote me this awesome email, and, you know, gave me pointers on how to stream. And he's and uh, he said, you have every right to stream our game. And, and uh, he, he gave me tips on, you know, what I should and shouldn't do. And that was really cool. So, yeah, those guys were awesome. Yeah. Good stuff for sure. Nathan. Yes, sir. What have you been gaming? Uh, I've been playing the heck out of Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Nice. Um, I'm almost done with it. I just beat it uh, a couple days ago. Thought it was great. Uh, really impressed with just kind of the level of freedom that you have or it gives you. Um, and, and Assassin's Creed's always been open world. But, but the fact that you can just hop in your ship and just go to any old island and explore it and it'll be a jungle or it'll be a little pirate settlement or whatever. I just think it's, it's been great. It's been fun. And it's been amazing because you hop in your ship and you can collect these songs and the pirates on your ship will just start singing and these really cool traditional pirate tunes and it's fun. Man, it's a good game. Yeah, yeah. So that's about it. Yeah. How about you what guys? What have you been listening to? Oh, oh listening, listening. Let's see. Um, I've gotten really, this is strange for me, but I've gotten more and more into just some, some pop music actually. Um, yeah. I'm a huge fan of of Sia, and yeah. I've been listening to her album a lot. I, I think is, the song is that how you say her name? Yeah. So she had a song nice. called Chandelier, which was I'm gonna <laughs> swing from the chandelier. I love how she goes like operatic. That's yeah. awesome. So I loved from that the song. Chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. Beautiful. I love that song. I, even more, I love, um, she has a single out right now called Elastic Heart, which is really good. Have you guys heard that I one? I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that one yet. Oh, dude, it's good. Um, Have you heard these songs? I was on uh, YouTube looking for some uh, great, uh, you know, really meaningful nursery rhymes for my daughter, and I saw a recommended video um, by her. And the only thing I know of her is that she was in an Eminem yeah. video in his one of his songs, which... Um, doesn't speak very highly for children's songs, huh? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I'm like, you missed the uh, mark on this one, YouTube. I guess I have to go to YouTube Kids and look for this nursery rhyme. That's cool, Dad. By the way, have you guys seen that at all? No. Kind of like how they did like a Netflix Kids. Yeah. Now they have like YouTube Kids. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. I downloaded it. And it's, uh, you know, filtered browsing for kids. I thought that's on, on YouTube. That's great. Because there's so much content there. Yeah. Um, like, literally, um, I, I put on a video for my daughter um, because I'm a terrible parent and I let her watch TV even though she's only 16 months old. Judge me all you want. You know, come at me, bro. And uh, and once that was over, it, or, you know, I'm sorry, it was um, Just Dance Kids. Okay. Um, which there's some great songs on there, like Five Little Monkeys Jumping on a Bed, and she, she loves them. And there's this one song um, called I'm Gonna Get You. And uh, I'll start singing it, like, I'm going to get you, you better run. And she goes into the other room and grabs the remote, and she's like, ee, ee. I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and so, it, you know, it, it plays one song just four minutes, and, and on my, I think it's the PS3, it'll play the next whatever suggested video. Yeah. yeah. And, like, four videos later, it was someone playing this game. It, you know, it was like a Twitch stream or something. I don't know what the game was, but it was a guy on a bike with a baby in, like, the seat behind him. Yeah. And there's all these broken bottles and stuff. And, like, you're just, like, going through this course as fast as you can. The baby fell out of the seat. The guy ran him over and the head exploded. Yeah. And then the guy got, like, cut in half and his organs are going all over. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like I walked in the room and this video was on, and I asked my wife, like, what the heck did you put on? She's like, nothing, it's just like got there. Yeah. That, that game's called Happy, Happy Wheels. Wheels. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Gosh. It's, it's hilarious to watch, but yeah, definitely not for kids. No. Yeah. Not at all. Certainly, if you're going to be a bad parent like me and, and watch <laughs> YouTube with your kids, do it responsibly. Don't let YouTube yeah. choose the videos. So was that child. on the YouTube Kids? Well, it, it was like, I don't know, you know how you watch one video and it's like, four suggested videos, and it'll auto-play one yeah. on some systems. Yeah. Well, it was like a few couple-minute videos were auto-played. This may have been like an hour later. It had gotten to this Happy Wheels walk playthrough, and I had not touched the controller since I started it on like this Nursery Rhymes wow. video. Wow, so, that's crazy. That's the rabbit hole, man. That's the internet for yeah. you. That was one of my biggest problems with Pandora. Uh, you know, I, I talked about uh, last episode or two episodes ago about how... Um, you know, I, I grew up and still mainly listen to Christian music. I, I would go on Pandora and start listening to some Christian music. I'd put it on something heavier, you know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that would be on Pandora that would be pretty heavy. I'd start off with something even metal, like Becoming the Archetype. And, uh, you know, eight songs in, it'd be playing Third Day. And I was just like, why? <laughs> just because they're like Christian bands doesn't mean I've, that those genres yeah. don't mix. I don't want to like, <laughs> I don't want to start off listening to... <laughs> Uh, red, and next thing I know, I'm listening to, you know, uh, <laughs> Twyla Paris or something, you know? <laughs> you know, it's so funny you mentioned that. I, I've i noticed on the PlayStation Network, uh, especially on the PS4, you know, there aren't a ton of PS4 games yet. Uh, yeah. And so it's, like, recommended for you. And it's basically every game that's out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you like Shadow of Mordor? You obviously want to play Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Because they're so similar. <laughs> Have you heard of Knack? Yeah. You may like this launch title. Yeah. You obviously Have you heard play... of Knack? Have you heard of Knack? You, you, you like Knack? How about Bloodborne? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, uh, we've got some news items here we can discuss, and then uh, we can discuss some deeper stuff in a few minutes. But uh, some, some stuff that's happening in the nerdy world uh, the PlayStation, the Nerdiverse, the, the, the Nerdiverse. Um, the PlayStation Four. It, it was just announced this week, actually, that the PlayStation Four has sold 20.2 million copies worldwide. That's amazing. That is a lot of gaming. <laughs> is that good compared to everyone else? In a in a year and a, a year and a, what three months or something? It's been out. Yeah, that's yeah. outstanding. Man, it's almost like the PlayStation Three has been out for like eight years already. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you it comparatively, the PlayStation Three sold how many units? Uh, ninety million or something like that. hundred yeah. million. Yeah. And in a year, this thing has sold a, a twenty. A, you know, a, a fifth of that. You wow. know, that's just crazy. That is pretty exponentially. Yeah. growing. And what's crazy? And the craziest thing I, I hear a lot of other people say this, but I I agree with them, and this is pretty mind blowing. Is that you would think that oh man, PS Four is trouncing like the competition but that's not even true the xbox one is selling awesome numbers too you know yeah. the, i don't know how many number how many of them have been sold and it's not quite as many but it's something like you know 16 18 million it's, and the wii u i mean i don't have to woo! tell you <laughs> just go to gamestop and look how many games they're selling on the wii u wall and you'll know for yourself i kind of i kind of want a wii u just because me too they're just cool i mean that's what nintendo does right they they just do weird things. <laughs> yeah, man, Virtual Boy. They're yeah. just Let's fascinating. Here. I love Virtual Boy, and that thing never gave me a headache. Wario World? I could play that game for 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. 
Uh, next- 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? I did, yeah, I did. Nice. Took, we that both, was, it both took us a second to that catch that joke. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess it's that's my cue to get a PS4. No. Yeah, well, I think so. You got a 20.3 million. I don't do You're math. You're too much of a hipster for that. <laughs> I don't do I math know. very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, you know, I've been going back through and I have... <laughs> just, just an outrageous honest. amount of games. How many? Like, Give us a number. You count it. Uh, I don't remember because it, it fluctuates. I del- delete some off, delete some off. Uh, I think I have a hundred and eight oh, games on my hard drive. And so I'm trying to work on ones. Like the one I've been working on the most lately is Max Payne 3. Uh, I, I like, I like, when I play games, I like to have several multiplayer games, or single player games that I play, but I always like to have one multiplayer thing that I'm playing. Yeah. And, you know, I was playing Call of Duty for a while there, and you know, I kind of gave up on Max Payne because they uh, they messed messed with my file there. For, like something happened where I played for a week straight and made several levels and unlocked stuff for guns, and then I went back and that whole week's worth of like progress just completely got erased somehow for no apparent reason. And I sent them messages and things, and Rockstar has the worst customer service ever. <laughs> I sent them an email and said, here's my problem. They said, tell us which system and which level you were on. And I typed them back and said, it was on this level with this system in this game. And they said, sent me an email back saying, tell us which system you were on and which level it happened on. And I was like, <laughs> like, what do you have, the memory of a goldfish? <laughs> Glad to <laughs> Dory, Dory the fish is there, uh, is there, his customer service. <laughs> Either that or it was like, but, uh, it was like Hal in, uh, uh, Space Odyssey. It's like, I'm sorry. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't handle that request. Page but I've been trying fun. to play. I've been trying to play Max Payne three because that game's, I don't know, twenty gigs or something like that. Oh it's yeah, huge on the hard drive. So, but yeah, I've been playing that a lot. Uh, I started playing uh, Titan Attacks on the Vita. Cool man, and it's that game looks awesome. Really, it's really good. I think Ben was talking about it on one of the previous episodes, but it's basically. Galica, where you're the little spaceship and you're stuck to the bottom of the screen, but you can move left and right, and you can only shoot one bullet at a time. But it kind of modernizes it to where um, you can you earn money for every ship that you destroy, alien ship you destroy, and uh, it even added this new thing in where you can like kind of like you don't blow up the ship; the ship kind of just like starts to like crash towards the earth, and sometimes a little alien will jump out with a parachute, and if you capture the alien, you get money for that too. Mm. But you take the money and then you use it to upgrade your ship. You can buy like all kinds of upgrades, and man, it's just so fun, like, playing a classic that has progression to it, you All know? the elements of games that we enjoy that should have been there the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, I mean, it's taken years to get there, but, you know, I and so it's just so fun. You you unlock uh, extra guns, and you unlock, uh, uh, you know, the ability to shoot more than one bullet, which <laughs> every person who ever played Galaga thought would wish they could. That reminds me, have you guys ever been playing a game and you thought, man, this game would be so much better if it had this uh, one thing, whatever, and then you get it later on and you're like, this is not as fun as I thought it would be. <laughs> For me, it was, you know, more characters, you know, because you, you play Street Fighter 2 and you're like, wow, I wish there were like 10 other characters, Yeah, you know, or, or whatever. Um and I remember when I was in college, um, the big thing was Mugen, which was this computer game where people could create, like they would strip the 
sprite files out of any game that, that's available on the computer or that are ported on the computer in some form. They would add the character in there to Mugen, and you could have like 150 characters from all these different games fighting against each other. Wow. And, and it was like this childhood dream realized. Um, and you get bored with it in like five minutes. Yeah. And, and then I look at a game nowadays like Tekken Tag Tournament 2. I loved the first one. Um, when I think of Tekken Tag, I, I can just remember this one time. Um, I was, because I used to be a mall rat. I'd go to the mall and I had a friend that worked at the cyber station. And for $5, he'd give me a roll of 50 tokens. Wow. And I would just play Tekken Tag Tournament with my buddies all day long. I was pretty mediocre. I never got really good, but I loved King and Armor King because of his throws. Um, and sometimes when I think of this, I remember I was dating uh, who is now my wife. We're over at her house. We're laying on the couch. You know, she's in my arms, and she looks at me. She's like, "What are you thinking about?" I'm like, "Well, I'm just thinking about chain combos with King." Right now. <laughs> she's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, you didn't you didn't really want to know what I, I was thinking." About. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you ask? You... <laughs> yeah, like I, I, you asked, and I answered your your question. Is there a? Why are you angry? I don't understand. I I had a girlfriend once who used to ask me that, and I sorry to interrupt. It, and uh, I always thought that was like an interesting thing to ask. Nathan, does Laura ever ask you that? No, not really. She doesn't. She doesn't ever say, Nathan, what you thinking about? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a strange question, but anyway, sorry. It is well, and so. Tekken Tag Tournament 2 comes out, and it's like every character you could ever have wanted in a Tekken game, and I got it, and I got so overwhelmed yeah. and burnt out because I, I realized it would literally take me a week. Because in addition to the roster being improved, yeah. they throw in like 30% more moves than I'm used to with a, a given character to make them more dynamic and all this, but not only is it going to take me a week to memorize one character's moves, but then I have to learn everyone's moves so I know how to defend against them. Yeah. That's not that's not fun for me, so I no. I gave up on that game right away. Well, that's that's like some of the whole they're trying to shoehorn you know replayability in there, and uh, making games deeper makes them take longer to master, right. which means you're going to play their game for longer. So, or unless it's someone like you who just has throwaway money, and you're just like, eh, this game sucks. <laughs> but I, I'm very happy. I I refused to buy it for full price. I bought it on eBay. I think it was like twenty. Five dollars. I had to win like win one out of four auctions to actually get it at the price that I wanted. Um, <laughs> and so now I'm just going to sell it to Chris uh, because he seems <laughs> to enjoy it. That's like you know I I thought about that too um, when it came to Street Fighter Two. I love Street Fighter Two because it was so you know there were only what eight eight characters Originally, ten, ten characters and eight. they were all balanced and you know they all had their own very specific style and that was cool but. You know, I see these games that come out like uh, Tekken versus Capcom or something, or Capcom versus SNK or whatever they are. I don't know what they are. Capcom versus Marvel. Yeah. That's what it is. Marvel versus Capcom. And you know, there's so many different characters, and they all just kind of like seem to be doing the same thing. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It just that this... music all sounds the same. You youngins <laughs> are listening to <laughs> young people and your malls and your rock'em sock'em robots. Hey, young people! <laughs> Those video games you kids are playing now—they were all the same. When I was younger, the characters were all different. <laughs> we only had eight pixels you... to work with. <laughs> That's how you sound right now. Steve. Yeah, you're well, a, yeah, an old gamer. Yeah. I'm an old geezer hipster. I'm not sure if uh, I can't think of a time I've actually thought that, Steve. Where I've thought, I wish this game had this. I uh, I do definitely identify with the the kind of being overwhelmed thing. You know, Minecraft is one of the biggest. You know. Uh, successes in gaming here in the last couple of years. I think 
I just heard something about it selling 30 million copies on Xbox alone. Yeah. And uh, like, that's insane because that's not even the first platform it came out on. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, and so I, I think it's a blast. It's really fun to play, but I can only, it holds my attention for maybe an hour. I'm like, all right, I want to do something else. Because <laughs> it's. You it's, guys hear it, about how much did Microsoft pay for that? Oh, gosh. Like, an insane amount. I don't remember. 30 billion or something. I forget. I, I read an article about it, um, you know, to steal your thunder for a second. You good. And I remember they were talking, you know, every, everybody said, why would you pay that much money for this game? And the way that Microsoft looked at it is like, okay, if we leave this money in the bank, the interest we're making off of it is all that we're concerned about losing because this is now an asset for us. So as long as the game is producing more revenue than the interest off of the X billions of dollars that we spent for this game, it's considered to be a good investment. And I, I see like, what you did there. Wow. X billions, uh-huh. Xbox. X billions. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was so meta, I didn't even say it. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though, about yeah, the game is that so- it, it's... It's kind of the ultimate sandbox game. You go, you know, dig up and, and mine and, and, uh, harvest anything and then build whatever you want to. And people make these insanely beautiful, you know, recreations where I think someone completely redid the first Legend of Zelda game in Minecraft. Just crazy stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, that's incredible if you've got the time and energy. I just want to go dig a hole, see what's down there, kill a few skeletons, and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I remember. I have it for mobile. I, I paid six ninety nine for it so I could play it with my little brother-in-law because um, you can co-op over Wi-Fi yeah. for mobile, and he's got it for the iPad. And so the two things I did, or at least tried, first I built a tower that went, went all the way to the top and dug a hole that went all the way to the bottom, Yep. and, and I made it that if you jump through the top, you go all the way down to the lava, and it like changes colors and stuff. That took me probably about five hours. And then my, <laughs> Only my next project, yeah, no big whoop. My next project I wanted to do, I'm like, this would be so awesome if I could cover the entire perimeter of, you know, the boundaries of the game with blocks. So it was like a big enclosed building. Yeah. I definitely gave up on doing that before <laughs> I even came close. Do you know how repetitive it is to just tap the screen, adding blocks over and over and over and over yeah. and yeah. over? The the most fun I've had with it is on vacation. My wife's family will go to the same be- has gone to the same beach house for you know close gosh close to ten years now I think um, maybe not that many but um, for a number of years and uh, we started going or worked it out to where we can go for the whole week with them now in the summer and my brother in law and my nephew all have Minecraft and the most fun I've had with it is is because there's different servers and different worlds and so what what we've done for two weeks two years in a row now. Is for those two weeks we've created our own world and we can do whatever we want in it, and that means making our secret bases, sabotaging each other's secret bases, and so we, we and it's just goofy stuff. Like we'll go and we'll dig on this corner and you know create a cave over here, and then you know we'll let each other know where it's where you know our caves are, but we're like, hey, off limits. You know, don't mess with that, and don't take my flower, and you know, don't my my pig is going to be in my pen. Don't steal my pig. You know, just fun stuff like that. And yeah. the, one of the most funny things we did was like we we all went to sleep one night and and my brother-in-law had actually gotten up or somehow gotten to where he was doing something we didn't realize where he was in the game world and we wake up and he had built out of dirt blocks just the word butt <laughs> on the top of my nephew's base and so of course we named it uh butt world <laughs> so the whole week we would just go in there and mess around together and that game is actually really really fun together 
you know, because you can yes. prank each other and just play around yeah. like you're saying, Steve. But that's the most fun I've had in it. But playing by myself, you know, it's not going to happen. I have a friend who says he refuses to play that game unless he's playing a co-op. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. This isn't fun. You know, see, here's time for me to sound like a humongous hypocrite, but I see people build all this, all this time on that game, and I think, what a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me, who spends, you know, 30 hours on a Call of Duty game, doing the same thing over and over and over, running around in circles on the same map, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, all those Minecraft people. What losers. You know, at the, end, at the end of the day, we're just bros that like hitting buttons, you know? Can't we yeah. get along? We, it's true. Amen, it's brother. True. Amen. It's, it's like uh, Zeke and I mentioned a few episodes ago when we started talking about Magic the Gathering. I think we've all had that time where we thought, well, I'm I'm nerdy, but I'm not that nerdy. I'm not that nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get hooked on a Magic the Gathering card game. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So, Steve, you had some thoughts on this article. So, we mentioned a few episodes as well. Uh, this article by a blogger named Matt Walsh. Who's a blogger? Yeah, we kept on talking about how. Have you read it yet? And I said, Ah, now. Now, well, now we have. <laughs> we finally have read it. Um, it was very interesting, you know, especially given that we like to discuss things like our hobbies and gaming and, and nerdy things, and also we're all very passionate about our faith as well. Uh, and this article kind of hit on both of those things. And uh, it was uh, an article for the Gospel Coalition. It talked about uh, what this this blogger thought was the decline of the Christian male. And you guys feel free to jump here any time to, to put it uh, in a nutshell better. But um, it, it, the biggest thing that I thought was you know relevant to our, our topic here at, at Save Your Game was uh, kind of what he called the perpetuation of boyhood. Which is, yeah. you know, men are still playing video games and ignoring their families and, and they're, uh, you know, dragging these huge superhero movies into the, the spotlight by, you know, giving money and making them the most successful movies. And so he just, he thought this was a tragic thing. And, and you know, I thought it was interesting for us to, to bring up. But Steve, I thought you had some great responses to it. Um, yeah, I, want, I really, it, so. I particularly wanted to, Steve to come on the show because I feel like he has interesting insight on this, you know, I mean, it, being the same age as Steve, and Steve's been married for, what, 10, ten years? 10 wow. years, and, and you know, you're very open about your marriage and how it works, and, and I I just thought that you'd have a, a lot of interesting things to say about this particular topic. So Right, well, I always tell people I've been married for 10 years, and it's been the happiest five years of my life. Because, <laughs> uh, marriage is hard. It takes a lot of hard work, yeah. and, and if you're a Christian male, and you are married, or you're thinking about getting married, um, you probably, uh, I hope, have an idea that it involves a lot of dying to yourself and finding out what that means and what it says in Ephesians 5 about, um, you know, love your wife like Christ loved the church and died for it. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are confused about what it means to be a man, I think, and, and don't have a lot of mentors or guides, you know, spiritual fathers to show them the way. I highly recommend anyone who is married, thinking about becoming married, and maybe has questions about how am I supposed to lead my family, be the head of the household, you know, just be a man, a book by a gentleman named Stu Weber called Four Pillars of a Man's Heart. Revolutionized the way that I thought. Um, Bible-based, it's based on scripture, not on, you know, good advice from somebody who occasionally quotes a scripture. Mm. And so, um, super recommend it to anyone who is interested. 
but uh, we had a lot of struggles. I remember before we got married, um, I was playing Final Fantasy XI, which, uh, again, I'm kind of a casual gamer. I wish that I was super good at games, but I, I've never invested more time in them than, than I've enjoyed playing the game. So if I stop enjoying it, I kind of stop playing it. Hmm. So that would cause me to plateau in some areas where other people just push through and grind until they get better. And so I was uh, mediocre in the game, level 50. You know, at the time, the level cap was 75. And I was playing it, and it, it certainly absorbed a lot of hours of my time, and, and I, I administered some unhealthy behaviors while playing it, like skipping class when I was in college and things like that. But we got married in July of 2004, and I remember we moved into this apartment together, and we didn't have DSL internet for probably about two weeks. And the first day that I got the DSL hooked up, I logged into my Final Fantasy XI, and my wife came in and saw it, and I could just, like, she was so upset. I don't remember exactly why, but I had this epiphany. It, was, it felt very spirit-led, where God is just like, do you want to be playing Final Fantasy XI, or do you want to stay married? Yeah. And I knew that it was going to come between our marriage, and so I was able to, to put it down and let it go. And, and it was okay at that point. Um, now, that being said, video games have been a problem in the past. You know, there are times that I would certainly play them more than, than I should have and, uh, and have led me away from my faith. And so it's been an area of guilt for sure because my wife is, is really great. What she'll do is, rather than ignoring a problem because she doesn't know the right way to address it, she will address it the best way that she possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I'm a strong believer it's better for somebody to do the right thing the wrong way than to do the wrong thing the right way. And so it has absolutely helped me grow. It has helped me to be less self-destructive. But I believe there's some freedom as well uh, when it comes to things like video games. Like For me, it can become a problem. And that's why like, I haven't played the PS3 a lot. Because if I made that my priority in life, absolutely I could talk about as much as I played it. But that would mean that I'm neglecting certain duties that I have and responsibilities that I have at home in my situation. Um, but that being said, you know, when it comes down to this article specifically talking about, you know, immaturity and then specifically throwing video game playing under the bus. Yeah. Which there's a whole lot of things that, that are, you know, signs of being immature besides potentially playing video games. So I completely disagreed with that assertion that playing a video game means that you are immature. Or that you're, yeah, you're being childish or clinging to your boyhood. I right. see it as no different than, than anything else that someone decides to spend their time in that isn't doesn't produce a result um, spiritually or, you know, physically. It says in the Bible that exercising, you know, it gives you a little bit of a benefit, but, you know, growing spiritually gives you a big benefit. Yeah. So, you know, what's the big deal? Play some video games. So, so I didn't like that about <laughs> the article. What's the deal with video games? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that because I feel like it really just demonized video games and was a little bit too general about them causing a problem yeah. instead of addressing what the real problem is, which is addiction. Hmm. Absolutely. My problem wasn't that I played video games. It's that I was so addicted to playing video games that I would ignore uh, friends. I would ignore family. Uh, I would ignore, you know, my work responsibilities or school responsibilities and, and things like that. Um, I did the same thing with, with alcohol when I was in college. I did binge drinking, which um, if, if you didn't have a super strong Christian following, or maybe, you know, or upbringing, maybe you did, and, and you experimented, or, you know, went astray, whatever you want to call it, um, but I did that a lot, you know, I experimented a lot 
when I was in high school with other substances and things like that, too. Um, and then when I became born again, I stopped, but then I went to college, and I'm like, yeah, what's the big deal? You know, I'll drink. I, I just won't use drugs. And so, 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 um, oh, I just derailed my whole train of thought. <laughs> you're doing good, man. Hey, That's you're good, you're good. All right, so. You're talking about addiction. As far as, yeah, thank you so much. You're talking about, video, it's not the video games, it's the addiction to video games. There yes. you go, and, and so Ben Shrieking in college, the point I want to make about that is when I, when I did turn 21, Literally, I, I was 21 for four months when I had such a bad alcohol binge that I could have died. My fraternity brothers were scared to take me to the hospital hmm. um, because I was in such a bad spot um, that they just hoped that I would recover. I woke up and like $300 had been stolen out of my wallet by someone that I have no idea of. And I realized I was so blacked out drunk, I could have you know, hurt myself. I could have hurt somebody else. I could have cheated on my girlfriend, who's now my wife. Um, which I didn't, luckily. I mean, that, that's something I'm really glad, uh, glad about. But the idea of, if I'm not in control myself, all these consequences and things can happen to me that are bad. So I just decided to quit drinking completely. Uh, that being said, I believe possibly, yes, I'm an alcoholic. However, if my wife and I want to drink uh, some wine or something like that, I'm totally free to do that because I'm free of this addictive need to have a bottle of wine in the fridge or a six-pack in the fridge. Would you... Just, you don't, I mean, I don't want to pry too deep, but would you say that you have, like, an addictive, like, personality or something? Absolutely. Because I know that, you know, you told me about, um, uh... The Walking Dead? No, no, I was, no, not, I actually was going to talk about magic cards, because we were talking about magic cards, and, um, I remember, uh, I, I'd just gotten into, like, actually buying physical magic cards, and, uh, and you came and hung out with us one time, and you said... Oh yeah, I collect magic cards and you took us out of your trunk and you had this box full of like thousands of magic cards and, and I was like, wow. And you were like, yeah, I just, and you told me about how it used to be. Well, I mean, I'll let you say. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. Hands down, very addictive personality for me. And so that's why I think I can see that that's the real problem over it just being an immaturity issue. Yeah. Because we, we all, we're all free to choose how we want to live our lives, and I'd like to think that once you have enough real-world consequences that you'll decide to make the right decision, unless it's a problem with addiction, where you can have tunnel vision enough. Um, I read this great article about addiction that, that what happens is it's like a funnel. You start at the top of the funnel where you have a broad perspective of, of reality and what's going on and consequences, and as you go longer and longer without what you're addicted to, you get farther down this funnel till you're at this end point where you don't see what your actions are going to do to your life and the people around yeah. you, and you just do whatever it is you're addicted to. Yeah. So yeah, with magic cards, I, I couldn't go into a store without, you know, checking to see if they had cards and buying three packs of cards because just like that, you know, scratch-off lottery ticket, I'd rip a pack open. I'm like, whoa, Primeval Titan? That's yeah. worth like 25 bucks! <laughs> I'm going to go spend 50 bucks on magic cards! <laughs> so... Yeah, when that happened, I actually, when I realized I had a problem, I went to Cape Fear Games, which is a game store up here, and sold all of my rares and my good uncommons, and I made like 700 bucks. Wow. Which means that I must have spent at least $1,600 on cards Probably, to get yeah. that. Um, which is good that I got something back for it. But yeah, so that's why I don't buy Magic cards anymore, and I'll play it occasionally. It's, it's one of those things. When I realize I've gone over, I, I really need to cut it off, and I've gotten you know some mobile games like that where I've been playing it so much, I'm like, you know what? I really need to put this game down. Because yeah. if I'm in control of it, then I can stop playing it for sure and it not affect me negatively. Yeah, and we'll let, you know, not to talk, you know, just point out your a flaw in you, but, you know, I mean, I, I've i had a, a different form of a... 
I'll call it addiction in that, you know, I'm not particular. I've never considered myself addicted to video games. I love them, and that's why I devote so much time to them. But I've never been addicted to video games. But I've always had this kind of, uh, I like to call it Pokemon addiction, where I've always have been like, I, I got to collect them all, you know? Yeah. Uh, when, when I get into something, I want to collect every one of those things. And that's been a serious problem for me because uh, – you can't. You can't do it. You can't. There's just not enough time in the day. And, and people are always telling me, you have to watch this YouTube show. You have to like play this game. You have to. And I, and I just look at like how much trash, just junk, just physical stuff that I have around me. And, and I just think this is, that's what's got me to where I'm at now. Just wasted money on stuff that, you know, wasted money on video games that I won't, probably will never play. And it's, that's a serious uh, problem for me. Mm. And, Something that I've, I've had to learn contentment and I've had to learn, like God is teaching me, it's just stuff. You're not really yeah. getting value out of it. You're not, it's, it's a, and, and it's, it's an, it's an endless cycle. It's an endless loop. It's a downward spiral. It's, it's, and it's an ever expanding kaleidoscope of stuff you can always collect right. and never be exactly. able to have enough, which is why it's so important for people to realize that His grace is sufficient. Mm. You know, having Christ is all that you do need. Yeah. And um, so there is truth in this article that Matt Walsh wrote. I, honestly, I'm a little biased against any article that says 16 ways to do this or 10 ways to do this because they plague my Facebook, um, you know, news wall. And <laughs> yeah. they're, they're written by people who have, you know, unknown credentials. 12 ways the government's stealing all your money. Right. <laughs> and, Wait, is only 13 12? Ways, <laughs> yeah. 13 ways Barack Obama's planet is the Antichrist. Yeah, those are my, those are my Wait, favorite. there's only 13? <laughs> and so this one was one of those four ways that you're, you know, you're hurting your, your marriage. Yeah. Um, and I think that the one that was really, uh, should have been just one article was about being passive. Cause I think that's something that's huge that not a lot of people realize about, you know, what it is to be too passive in your marriage. Um, and so that was great. But, but even an old donkey knows how to chew up the straw and spit out the twigs. And I kind of feel like this, this immaturity, demonizing of video games it's it's a twig because it totally sidesteps the real issue here uh which is people being addicted and and not being able to prioritize yeah but uh who are you to say that playing a video game is immature how is that more profitable than sitting in and watching a football game we're mm -hmm. devoting every night on you know sunday to watching a video game and becoming emotionally involved in this team of people that you don't know and, and most likely have never met whether or not they win a game that is of no difference in the world, except yeah. for all the people that are hooked on sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with sports, but for some people there is, if they have an addictive personality. Yeah, so. yeah. It's funny you bring up sports. I've always kind of thought, um, you know, about sports in terms of, of kind of fandom and, and uh, you know, this, this obsessive, you know, kind of interest in, in, in a, a different type of game and how sometimes, or for, for some, for whatever reason, sports are more acceptable than video games. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, well, because it's, because it's manly. It's that hunter gatherer. I am a hunter. I am, let me show off my prowess, my physical power, you know, and, and it's, it's video games are equated with, Hey, I'm a nerd sitting on the couch playing video well, games. And it's I funny. It's, I haven't bathed in three weeks, you know, like <laughs> I live in my mom's basement. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, a, it's the, it's the, it's the stereotype. It's totally the stereotype. It. And it's funny. And it's like, I, 
whenever I've gotten frustrated about it, and this is probably not the best way to respond to someone who's obsessed with with sports, but I've just said, uh, you spend hours watching grown men play with balls. (laughs) That's like my go-to thing. It's like, okay, video games probably aren't the most productive way to spend your time, but you're just as obsessed with your fantasy football league. And it's that first word. It's fantasy. You're spending all this time escaping, you know, which... You know, it kind of brings us back to something that we talk about all the time here on the show. And, and that's, you know, the Bible is very clear and about, you know, making sure that you kind of, you know, do everything in moderation. And that's something right. that Zeke says, uh, Zeke has said in a couple of the episodes. And so we just, you know, encourage you to, to consider that when you're, you're thinking about whether or not you have an addictive personality or not. And that brings up a good point because I agree with that 100%. And I'm, and I love John Piper, by the way. I have his app, Ask Pastor John, and his podcasts are real quick where he just answers one question. And there's one question talking about, is it okay to take antidepressives or uh, medicine for ADHD and stuff Ooh, like that's that? that's a heavy question. It yeah. is. Wow. And his response to that I thought was really profound, and, and I believe it because I don't think it's heretical at all, but he brought it to the Bible and he said, in the Bible, um, Paul says all things from God are good and can be made good through thanksgiving uh, and prayer. Yeah. And so if you take this medicine and you thank God for it and you pray for his blessing on your body with it, mm. then this is something that's sanctified because it's not written anywhere in the Bible that it is a sin. Um, and and the, that, you know, certainly he was talking about, I think food was what he was talking about originally when he's talking about that. But at the same time, What's the difference, really, when it comes down to it, considering those medicines are not something, you know, it's it's not like marijuana, which is clearly illegal, and and we're told to not break the law, you know, man's law, uh, unless it supersedes God's law. But I found that to be really helpful, and and I think that that's... uh, What was I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) John Piper and taking drugs. Yeah, but... I think I was trying to make a, the example of you know taking some, anything and making it something good. We're talking about video games. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, really, um, I'm sorry, guys. You may have to just edit that. Part <laughs> no, you're good. Out <laughs> I'm totally lost where I was going with that. But um, hashtag John. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's it. Uh, doing things in moderation. I think that's that's where we were going. Yeah. And so I feel like it, you absolutely do things in moderation, and um, because God makes all things good, mm. uh, as long as you thank God for that thing, and it's not you're not worshiping the creature, but you're worshiping the Creator. Yeah. Mm. I thank God for video games every day. <laughs> <laughs> they are fun. We love them. They are fun. Yeah. Hey, so uh, I just want to talk about. Uh, I had a very interesting night. Uh, the other night, okay. Friday night, I think it was, uh, a buddy of mine, Jake, uh, is, well, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how far I want to get into this, but, uh, he, uh, he's, uh, he's dating a girl or talking to a girl. I don't know how, how does this stuff work? I don't know. But, uh, Kids she, she, wor- she works at a, a, a local amusement park here in town and, uh, she went out to eat with a couple of her coworkers who, uh, were 17, 18, 19, and the oldest one was 20. There were five of them, and that was the age spread. And Jake is 21, and 
he said, hey, you want to go meet my girlfriend? They're eating dinner at this other place. And I said, sure, I'll go. So we go, and I did not know any of these people's age. I'm 32. It was very odd. <laughs> it was an interesting <laughs> night uh, hanging out with people 10 to 12 years younger than me. Uh, but I had a good time, and one of the guys uh, there was a guy who uh, was really hurting bad and you know, he, he, I, I said something and he, I said something about, uh, you know, you know, people, people suck, but they're also the best thing in the world. Uh, which is one of my, my things that I strongly believe. I, I believe that people are the best thing in the world. I love people. People are the most entertaining thing in the world. People are awesome. People are comforting there, but they also can be terrible. Hmm. And, uh, it, he, and he said, oh, man, I know how that is. And then he said, well, I don't really want to get into it, and then got into it. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and that's you know, the way just, it goes. He, uh, you know, I found out that he's really hurting bad. Uh, five months ago, his dad decided he didn't want to be married anymore and completely left his mom and his older sister and him and uh, just left. And he and his mom has been a housewife her whole life and uh, had no skills and... They, he owned the house and kicked them out, and he just ha- has a lot of issues and anger with his dad, and wow. understandably so. And I just wanted to encourage everybody that there are people all around you that are hurting all the time. And, you know, we, a lot of times we can be like, the Bible calls us to be salt and light. And there are a lot of people around us who we can be salt and light to just by listening. And, just by being a listening ear and an encouraging person and having empathy for these people. And I just wanted to encourage everybody out there that you can, you, you'd be surprised how much good you can do just by listening to someone and being a, a open ear for them to talk about things that are going on to them uh, or with them. And, and, uh, I just want to encourage everybody. If you, if you see someone who's, who's, uh, having issues or who's, uh, having a bad day, you know, try and be there for them. Um, you'd be surprised how good it makes you feel, how good it makes them feel. And, you know, who knows, you'll, you might have an opportunity to speak, um, speak good things into their life. You might have the opportunity to, you know, really have something positive to say to them. And so just keep your eyes open. I just want to encourage everybody to, you know, try and be there for people because we have, uh, this awesome hope inside of us that we, have have to share with other people and i believe that we could do a lot of help for the world so thanks everybody for listening um thanks for joining us if you guys have any questions if you guys have anything you want to talk about any kind of topics uh, constructive criticism we have a email um save your game podcast at gmail.com and uh i guess we'll see you next time thanks for listening steve yeah. thanks for joining thanks, us guys. Well, great um, to have you. if you have me back again i promise i won't I won't derail as many times. And... <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. We'll definitely. We actually want to have you back Aww. because you derail. We'll definitely have you back. Yeah. No. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.